It's time for Dima Live, the number one radio show in the private service industry. Dima Live is a radio show that allows private service professionals to discuss topics that pertain to their industry. Now, here are your hosts, Dima National President Matthew Hack and private service professional DJ Haverkamp. Have you ever felt like you or your principal were drowning in a sea of disorganized paper? Have you ever thought, my world is just too cluttered? Have you ever felt like there has to be a better way when it comes to keeping track of all of your stuff? Well, whether you're a business providing a service to individuals in the high net worth community or a private service professional, today's guest can come to your rescue. Sonia Westhappel from Seriatum, a professional organizing service, will be joining us to discuss all the things that she does with her organization. Welcome to Dima Live. Dima Live is an online radio show intended to bring private service professionals, product suppliers, principals, and recruitment agencies together to discuss topics of interest to the high net worth service industry. Dima Live is produced by the Domestic Estate Management Association, a professional trade association with a mission to serve those that serve others. Our website is www.domesticmanagers.com. My name is Matthew Hack, president of the Domestic Estate Management Association, and I'll be your host today. I'm also joined by my co-host, DJ Haverkamp, a private service professional based in the New York area. If you'd like to chat online with our listeners during the live show, you can do so by registering at blogtalkradio.com on their website. If you'd like to submit a question to our guests during the show, please feel free to text those questions to 313-404-3998. Once again, that number is 313-404-3998. And without further ado, let me go ahead and bring DJ and welcome him to the show. And uh, I wanted to send out a a special shout-out to uh, Beth, uh, who was on the show with us last week. She filled in for me while I was actually in New York and uh, was unable Uh to make it uh, due to meetings. So um, great job last week, Beth, for standing in. And uh, DJ, did you get a chance to watch that? fantastic Super Bowl that we had the opportunity to experience? Uh, hi, Matt. Uh, well, first, let me start out by by saying how what a pleasure it was to have Beth on. She did a fantastic job with uh, Thorsten last week on the show. I did get to watch glimpses of the show. I was working for my principal at the game or during the, a party that they were having, so didn't really get to watch a full blast. And I'm sure that there were probably a lot of other folks who work in private service that were uh, helping to host parties during the game. But I did catch the halftime show, and I did catch uh, that final uh, quarter, which was really exciting. I think everybody was glued to the TV during that. So it was a fun afternoon for sure. Well, if you caught the fourth quarter, that's probably all you needed to watch of that entire Super Bowl. So you were, you were in good shape. So. <laughs> so, well, recently I had the opportunity while I was in New York Uh, to spend some time with one of our newest DEMA supplier vendor members and uh, today's guest, uh, Sonia Westhappel of Seriatum. As we were meeting and talking about all of the things that Seriatum does in the home, I realized that she has so much to offer, more than just what you would think of when you think of an organizing company. And uh, I wanted to bring her on the show to just talk about some of the things that she does. And I would almost consider her not as titled as an organizing company. She's actually what I would like to call an in-home fiduciary consultant. And uh, in my terms, that would mean that she does more than just the home organization. She does filing of paperwork. She does organizing of tax receipts for uh, tax purposes. 
She also does home inventories and uh, helps get for, get rid of uh, any confusion that might be uh, present in these homes where there's a lot of paperwork and uh, don't know when things were purchased. So, Sonia, welcome to Deem Alive. Thank you both for making it a wonderful experience to have met you and be part of the industry. You are more than welcome. And we're really excited to have you as a new member of, uh, of the association. We look forward to um, having you as a resource to be able to provide to our private service professionals. So, um, you know, first and foremost, I want to obviously thank you for uh, taking time out of your day uh, to, to be on the show today and, and talk about our topic. But before we do so, let's take a moment and let our listeners get a chance to understand a little bit more about who Sonia is and, and tell us a little bit about yourself and Sari Adam. Thank you. So about it's 24 years this month that I started the company and the company came from an idea, a combination of having been a film major, having a two family members in commercial real estate and residential real estate, another family member in the geriatric care managing world and having been job transferred with my having my parents job transferred from California to New York when I was 13 years old. All of those life experiences and family experiences gave me an opportunity to see normal family transitions manifest in solutions that the commercial real estate solution would offer the interior designer, architect, aunt the caregiver when someone got sick. And having been in film school and studying production, organizing is a production. Organizing someone's life transition is a production. And managing the timeline and the budget is what my staff do. We get called in to share someone's journey with something that is overwhelming the family, and or the staff. It tends to be project-based, although most of our clients stay with us for a very long time. But the project-based circumstances come up when there is a death, a renovation, an illness that changes mobility, and uh, or a divorce, or something happy like a new baby and they have to make room. So you spoke about paper and overwhelm with stuff. A lot of times when these life transitions happen, there's a reevaluation of what do you need and what don't you need. And that process is what an industry of organizers deals with. But all of us deal with it slightly differently. And that uh, is why Seriatum exists. I started Seriatum um, as an idea for not wanting to write a resume, and I decided to start a company instead. And Seriatum is a Latin word for in a series, and my belief is that people feel disjointed, their life transition, and through a series of steps, they get to whole again. And it's not always a straight line, like our logo suggests, but it is a process, and that is a typical process of chaos 
to order. We have a staff of about 15 people who are trained and manage paper, clutter, relocation, and, in, and inventory projects due to life circumstances. You know, I think that that's one of the coolest things that DJ and I get to do here on the radio show is we get to talk with all of our all of our vendors, suppliers, and we get to get their backstory. And one of the coolest things I think personally about being able to interact with all of these great suppliers throughout the country and the world is hearing the passion that you guys have for what you do. And, and that really helps drive and make you guys the best at what you do. And that's why you guys have been offered, you know, to be able to be part of DEMA. So what are some of the services that uh, Seriatum uh, does offer um, to, to their clients? I think uh, one of the, the basic services are anyone struggling with paper management, photographs, whether it's on their computer and they're printing out too many documents or they have a copy on their computer and then they have a room full of filing cabinets and they don't know what they have where. That typically is what we call paper management. But the reason at the time that they call us in might be that they need to deal with their taxes or they might have lost a family member and they're looking for important documents, paper management. Photographs and memorabilia, it's the same as paper management. Oftentimes, there's one person in a family who is the archivist. They didn't choose to be that position, but they are the one in possession of family letters, children's favorite stuffed animals, clothes, objects, photos from their great-grandparents that there's only one of, and then a gazillion digital photos. And the reconciliation of what do I keep where, how do I use this, how do I turn this from absolute chaos, clutter, and a big mound that I stare at and go, ugh, every time I look at it, to something I'm actually enjoying regularly. That's paper in a, with two tiers. Then there's okay. clutter, which is basically objects, clothes, uh, keys, Anything in the house that is not paper or photos. And people, some people live in complete disarray. Some people go to extremes and hoard. Some people have hardly anything in their home, but in their mind it feels like a lot, and they want it in a certain way. That's clutter. Relocation, it's kind of obvious. It's all of those tasks, but it's on the urgency that there needs to be objects leaving the house and distributing to different locations, typically donation uh, to sell to family members or just plain to storage or overseas because there's a move or there is a need to put it out of the space while something else is happening in the existing space or while the space is sold. That's relocation. So paper clutter, and relocation. And the fourth okay. service, which actually takes place in all of these, is an inventory process, which is knowing what you own and figuring out what's there and inventorying every symbol to every Picasso so that you can put a price tag to it and protect it insurance-wise. 
Okay, excellent. So let's let's move on to those are the the four main areas obviously that you guys uh, handle and take care of. Let's talk about some of the trends um, that that you that, that you feel you guys are going to be handling here uh, moving forward in the uh, in the industry. I think having been one of the um, original organizers in the country and and being different in having actual staff members in my team, one of the things that I'm beginning to see is a trend towards consolidation. We're going through the sandwich generation and a lot of uh, children are struggling with their aging parents and their own children. And a lot of our clients in this community have multiple homes to add to the chaos of uh, of the emotional piece of having older parents and children. And one of the major trends I'm seeing is people really needing to understand what they own. And because it's changing so many formats, I alluded to it with the paper and the photos, but it also with receipts and objects, you have things in multiple places and not knowing what you own goes back to a trend of being clear about how to protect yourself financially, how to protect yourself uh, and have people take care of your things is a very important trend. And it's overwhelming for most people. I met with someone yesterday who said, I have had it on my to-do list for years to be clear about what I own to ensure it properly. And um, that would be, one of the biggest trends. And the second trend that I see is that people think that scanning is the answer for resolving their paper issues and for resolving um, their kind of clutter issues around uh, just the bulk of photographs and things that they have and artwork that the kids bring home. And I actually think that it just causes another problem that has a longer lead time to explode, which is storage and where you find it on the computer and what you do if it crashes and you can't get it again. Does that help so, you? So, Sonia, listen, one of the things that I find interesting as I've worked uh, as a household manager and an estate manager over the years is that uh, very often times when you're working with someone who has a lot, that that the the household manager kind of becomes the point person that is responsible for kind of knowing where everything is. That becomes a mm-hmm. big part of our job at private service is helping our principals to keep track of all their stuff. And very oftentimes they're not that interested in keeping track of it for themselves because they're involved with other things. And so that burden falls on us. So, uh, how, and, and it can they can have stuff spread out over numerous locations and multiple people on the staff can be handling it. So let me ask you, how how do you work it? I mean, do you come into a person's home? Tell me about the process for, for what you guys do. So in the inventory process, it's true. Most people um, – are overwhelmed with that. And if they're overwhelmed and they dispatch it to their helpers, the people that they entrust to guard and to protect and to deal with it, it 
it can be overwhelming for you as well. So one of the pieces that we've done is come through the door, inventory everything that is there, and provide a digital list that you hold on to that is basically an Excel sheet so that you can sort by category or by dimension or by location. And oftentimes we work in all the homes of the family so that the document is complete for each location in case things happen to go in a car or in a piece of luggage or get shipped to and from locations. What I find is that annually it should be reviewed for the, the uh, house group, the, the caregivers that you all are, actually can man, um, manually adjust the inventory as things get donated or sold or get broken or um, distributed in some way. Because at the end of the year, when the insurance policy comes up for renewal, one of the key things that wastes money and time is that things are not uh, kept up to date on policies. And we often find that people are insuring things that they no longer own. And they are not insuring things that they just purchased. And that reconciliation process is a one-year review, whether it's done internally or we come back and do it. So if people have you right off of the bat, though, if you're working with them and helping them keep things organized as far as the inventory side of things go, you can actually increase that, that, that lead time, right? You can keep things organized for them so that if an emergency does happen, and there is a claim that needs to be filed, it's already ready to go, correct? It is, a, yes, 100%. I, I, this tool has saved people a lot of money because it is uh, penny-wise and pound-foolish to not have the complete knowledge of what is there. And then there is an unknown that comes through a fire, a flood, a, a burglary, something. And if you don't have knowledge of what was, the claim process takes longer. They don't always offer you as much as what you could get. And people tend to appraise what they know is of high value, but not necessarily what will be taken or lost in those sure. circumstances. Yep. No, absolutely. And I think it's really interesting that, um, you know, from, from our standpoint uh, in the private service industry, we want to make sure that, um, you know, uh, prior, uh, prior preparation eliminates future confusion. And having someone like you involved in the process seems to really just make that happen. So, um, you know, earlier in the show, you were talking about the four areas that you guys focus on, whether it's the paper, clutter, relocation, and inventory. And one of my things that I thought was really interesting was when you were talking about, um, can you tell that story that, that you shared with me with the, with the uh, principal who had the receipts and the family office didn't want you to go back through and, and, and organize those <laughs> receipts? Can you tell that story real quickly? So there were five homes and there was an illness. 
and there had been a death of one of the principals, and uh, the wife was still living, but she had taken ill. So the family office decided to start to consolidate the homes, and we were hired to do so. And there was, upon the consolidation of the objects within the home and the closing out, there were about 600 boxes, banker boxes of paperwork. Now, they all got consolidated to the last standing home, and the family office said, shred it. And I decided that we were going to not do that because what we were finding in the papers, granted, there was junk mail. Granted, there were proxies and things that were no longer relevant. But there were also original records of life insurance policies. There were original records of loans that the, that the family members had made to fellow friends and other family. There were deeds to properties. There was a, by the end of going through the 600 boxes, there was a 15-page document that we presented to the family office that showed all of the outstanding issues that we found amongst the paperwork and that they needed to reconcile. Just one line of the 15 pages was a life insurance policy that was on a fax cover sheet that a normal circumstance would have caused one to throw away. It was a fax piece of paper with all the crystals of the old fax product, you know, leaking everywhere, but it had an account number on it. And no one in the family office knew about that. And that life insurance policy brought the family close to a million dollars that they wouldn't have had if that life insurance policy had not been found. And so the mere act of shredding 600 boxes sounds logical, but it's not ideal always in those circumstances for sure. But not only was that million-dollar policy found, but many, many hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of other things were found. So, um, And they, too, had a circumstance where they were paying in excess of $40,000 a year for objects that were thought to be in the other homes always, but they weren't in any of the homes. So they were paying insurance premiums on things because it had never been reconciled. And then yeah, they just really kept paying it. Just, I, I know that one of the things I struggle with is the ongoing keeping up with all these records. And I know you mentioned earlier in the show that the annual review is a very important part of this whole process. And I think that to me is probably as big a component as the initial inventorying and initial assessment is the, uh, the ongoing maintenance of, of the, the records. Um, but I wanted to ask you about, about the, the mementos and the memorabilia and the photos aspect of all this, because it's one thing to keep track of business papers and to keep track of bank statements and all of those associated kinds of legal documents. But what, what happens when you get into the realm of family photos and uh, uh, memorabilia and keepsakes and those kinds of things? I struggle a little bit with like getting too intimate with my family and how do I, how do I keep track of all that? Do you have any advice with, with for our listeners on, 
just how to keep track of that part of, of all of the organizing? Uh, yes, because uh, it is an intimate piece. And I, uh, we do step into that role because we're an outsider and it doesn't always make sense. But that level of intimacy to come in, to sort it out, to figure it out is crucial. And the key mistake that we see uh, families do uh, is that each member has their own digital device and each member has their own computer. But the family as a whole does not have a common receptacle where all of the photos go to. And we, technology has changed so rapidly. The fact that they are not all consolidated makes it nearly impossible to manage because you don't know what's duplication and you don't know whether or not you have it. So when it's backed up, that's great. But there are, in the last few years, it's easier to manage, but a consolidation would be, I would say for you to ask the IT representative of the family to have a regular routine that all photos are captured off of the devices of the family members, children included, all devices, and corralled into a common place. And then that's current tech. And then you start to go backwards, and we have all the little tiny floppy drives that changed a gazillion little shapes. And those tend to be everywhere in someone's home. And I would ask that those get consolidated and someone upload those to the chosen consolidation place. Because it's only then that, that anything can be done to protect, to back up, to make something from those if you have it all in one place and so and often it's that, not that's something that you guys would do right i mean if, if we have like bins of old pictures and photographs you guys could scan those and upload them into a file that would then go into the the, the main file where all the pictures are stored correct yes absolutely and that does require um some time with the family or someone who knows uh, the key members of the family. It becomes uh, a, a wonderful experience to go through that. That's the intimate part because you really are going through their lives. But it is what we do and we love to do. And well, I love, because you're I, taking... I, I, I love the fact that you guys love doing that because it's not something that I want to do uh, with my family. So uh, that's probably why you guys are so good at what you do, right? <laughs> yes. Uh, but I think the, the the real way that you and all those who have their own family and, you know, even if you're not working in someone's home, it is a common problem in 2017, going back to your trend discussion, that yeah. things are fragmented because you yeah, use I, your I, cell phone for something, you use your computer for something else, you've got something at work. And although there are drives and things are uploaded to the iCloud, 
there's a tremendous amount that gets left out of that. I, I completely agree with you. I know exactly what you're talking about. We, we go through that even with my family, you know, my wife will ask me, Hey, where are the photos from XYZ vacation? And I'm like, I don't know. They're somewhere on the, you know, on, right. in the cloud somewhere, uh, which probably isn't and the most right. uh, educated response. Right. Yes. <laughs> but so there are, I mean, we are not techies, but in these circumstances, we normally work with the tech IT guru human person assigned to whatever family or business circumstance and we set up the receptacles. You set the framework, the walls that are going to hold it, and then we fill it, and then someone, the IT person needs to figure out how to protect it. Okay. And then Excellent. someone can manage it. Well, it's I'm already feeling – Yeah, and I'm already feeling better about, about all the photos that I have all over the place because you're making me feel like I'm not the only one that's out there with that problem. So I appreciate that, Sonia. You are, you, you're, you're helping me. I, <laughs> I promise that you are not. And in fact, play rear window and just look out the window <laughs> and know Excellent. that it is the odd one who has got it together. Speaking of photos, I do know that there are some chapters out there uh, that have had meetings and have taken uh, photos from their past DEMA meetings and have not uploaded or shared those with, uh, with us. So uh, I'll encourage everyone to, uh, if you have had those photos uh, of meetings and you want to share those and make sure they're stored the right way, send all those to uh, to Beth at events at domesticmanagers.com and we'll make sure we get them all uploaded into the system the right way. So uh, I'm sure that's something that Beth will be really excited to to have an influx in her inbox with a bunch of uh, photos from everybody. So uh, I'm going to help her out today with by by mentioning that. So um, without further ado, Yay. <laughs> with, yeah, right now I, I can only imagine what she's doing if she's listening to this show right now, but it's all good. It's all good. We're, we're all family. We all get along. So, um, with, without further ado though, I did want to go over real quickly the chapter events that we have coming up. Uh, the Bay area has a event on the 16th of February. Uh, Chicago is going to be the 22nd. Um, Denver is going to be uh, next week on the 16th. Uh, the Hamptons is actually this evening, uh, the 8th, and then we've got uh, Miami on the 21st, Naples the 22nd, New York the 28th, Palm Beach the 27th, uh, and, uh, and Scottsdale is going to be, uh, I believe they're going to be the 20, 22nd as well. So, um, so we're, we're definitely looking forward to having all the meetings this month. Uh, we've had some great meetings already this year. And we're definitely excited to keep the momentum moving forward. So um, back into what we're talking about um, in, in, in working with, with the families. I know one of the worst things that anyone can ever go through is obviously a death in the family. Um, but even though we don't all want to think about that time when it comes, uh, what we have seen recently is, a, is an upward trend and tick in the fact that no one knows uh, anything about what's going on with that particular family member when they do finally pass away. We don't know if they have uh, automatic bill pay that's going on. We don't know how many different accounts they have as far as money mm. uh, goes, savings accounts, checking accounts. Um, we don't know what type of insurance policies, as was your representation there earlier uh, from what you were talking about. So 
can you talk a little bit about how you guys can come in or, or maybe even give us a story about a situation where you guys were able to come in and really help uh, a family through that, uh, that time of, of despair? It is um, having myself, <clears throat> excuse me, having myself lost uh, my father when I was very young. Part of the reason I do this work is because I watched as a child how a death within the family affected knowledge. We, we, did, we eat together daily, we talk together daily, and we didn't know all the things that we needed to know because he died unexpectedly and very young. So you don't think you needed, you didn't think you needed to know. And I'm now of the mindset and bring to our clients that what you're speaking of. And ideally, you are preemptively asking those questions before a crisis hits. The crisis, when it hits, of course, we can help. And by helping, it normally means we come in and we help find the important papers. I'm sure most of the managers in the house know where the main filing cabinets are, but they probably have 50 other things that they need to do to plan for the events around a death, and they may not have time. And so we often get brought in to deal with what is needed to be found, and also Sometimes people are very clear that they do not want to be looking at certain articles of clothing or objects anymore. It makes them sad. And those need to be moved and inventoried and donated or sold or stored until they can be dealt with. So we basically come in and act as a catalyst for the circumstance that presents every one of these situations is customized based on uh, what is true. But if I had my way, we would not be in a wagged tail situation. We would be ahead of it by allowing us to ask the harder questions. I sat at lunch yesterday with a financial planner and a a state attorney and a state attorney and one of the key pieces is they both talked about not knowing where their clients everything lives in their home they know them when they visit the office but they don't know where they keep it and Mm -hmm. the family members don't always know who they are as their trusted advisors so uh, having those conversations very matter of fact And sometimes it takes uh, doing a paper management or an inventory project to figure out uh, those answers along the way. Yeah. I think, Sonia, too, one of the things that I see within uh, working in private service is that this takes a certain amount of discipline to make yourself make this a priority because there's always Mm -hmm. those pressing matters of the – the things that are coming up day to day that that are little fires that have to be put out all the time 
But to do a project like organizing and the kind of thing that you're talking about really takes uh, a, a, a quiet, planned discipline. And I, I'm sure that that's something that your company and, and your business can bring to the table because sometimes it's hard to, to have that kind of mindset towards a project like this without without having a little bit of extra help. So I think what you're doing is great. But I wanted to jump on. We I saw on your website that you, you have an efficiency management uh, service for businesses. And a lot of the, the, the association members are small businesses or businesses that provide services to the private service community. Tell us, tell us what you're doing for the business world. It's actually, um, it's so much fun. It's the same service of dealing with paper and clutter and often a change of some sort, but it's within the walls of a business. Oftentimes businesses turn around and say, we need to move. We've outgrown our space, but really they're misusing their space. They've got employee shoes in their filing cabinets. They haven't done a proper filing system. Papers are everywhere. Or um, they've, they've not looked at what they actually do process-wise, and they have an onslaught of, of inventory or too many office supplies that no one uses. They, they just get cluttery because they're not – opening every cabinet and drawer on a semi-regular basis to air it out, figure it out, and ask the questions. Everyone thinks that it's someone else's job to do, and there is the office manager role uh, in, a, in a company, like the estate manager, has a tremendous job on a day-to-day basis. And the project of going deeper and looking at the efficiency of a home or a business is sometimes easier with a fresh pair of eyes coming in and being the taskmaster for what it needs to happen and rolling up your sleeves and getting in the trenches and allowing us to take it three quarters of the way, ask a few questions of the knowledgeable people work for the office manager, work for the estate manager, get it going, and then they can maintain it. But we're like the, we're the hidden, you know, genie in the lamp that can come in and kind of manifest what change needs to happen. And for small businesses, that efficiency piece is often just a, uh, they're weighed down with clutter and paper and not enough processing. Well, I think that that's a huge piece with with all of our members is trying to be able to organize and then also delegate what responsibilities that, you know, are going to make make things a lot easier and make sure that things are taken care of um, when managing these estates. So I definitely see that's that was one of the reasons why, you know, I I feel like you're going to be a huge asset to uh, to our membership in, in the association. So. Um, you know, we're, we're definitely excited to have you as part of the group. One of the other things I wanted to talk with you about, Sonia, is when we had the opportunity to to sit down uh, and talk, I, I, I was able to learn a lot about your personal feelings as it pertains to the organization industry uh, and, and professionalism. And what you don't know 
is one of the main things that we ask all of our guests here on Dima Live is to talk about the importance of professionalism and um, in, in ask you what your thoughts are as it pertains to your industry uh, in, in the level of professionalism that you deliver to your clients and how important that is to you. So could you share some of your thoughts uh, with regards to professionalism, pro- pro- professionalism, not only in your um, <laughs> industry, but also in, uh, in our industry as well? Uh, absolutely. One of the uh, training pieces that we do for the company is the visual of if you walk into Tiffany's and you buy something, you have an experience. And that experience, whether or not you are in New York City or overseas, that experience is going to be consistent. Whether or not you bought a $40 object or you bought a $40 million object, you are going to have a very consistent experience. And I believe that um, the level of professionalism in the industry for organizing is trying to raise that bar. And one of the things that my company has done because we've been around long enough and with staff is to learn to treat every person who becomes a client as a family member, that whether or not they're spending a few hundred dollars for a piece of advice or it's a few hundred thousand dollar project, they are treated the same. And they have stayed with us for decades. That is how we've grown the business. Our clients stay. They don't need us all the time, but projects come up and even if we're not the answer, they call and ask if we could be the answer or if we know how to resolve this and then we get them to what they need if we're not the right solution. So to me, the professionalism is knowing when to say, yes, we can help or no, we can't help, but this person can. And this is a more efficient way for you to get what you need and always treating them as if they were family so that if you wouldn't do it for your family member, I don't want my team doing it. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I love hearing, I I love hearing that definition. So I'm sure a lot of our members will appreciate that as well. Uh, Speaking of contacting you, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity. If people do want to have a further discussion with you about their situation and they want to reach out and get in touch with you, how can they go about doing that, Sonia? There is a a contact form on our website. That's the most efficient way of doing it. It sends my team an email. It puts them directly into the database. It allows us to have uh, their information to make it easier to call them back. And you can fill out what you need. If you just have a question, you want a conversation, you want a resource, you want to just know that we're there and we can help you. The website is www.seriatim.net. All right, excellent. Well, listen, that'll do it for another edition of Dima Live. Sonia, thank you so much for sharing your time and your insights regarding this topic. 
Uh, we really appreciate having you on the show, and we're excited to have you as a new member with the association. DJ, as always, thank you for joining me today. If you have any questions regarding on how you can become more involved in your local chapter of DEMA, or if you have questions about the private service industry, please feel free to contact us at info at domesticmanagers.com. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have a suggestion for a potential topic or guest that you'd like us to interview, please do contact us at that same email address, info at domesticmanagers.com. Uh, we will work extremely hard to get those people on the show and ask them the questions that you want to hear them answer. If you can't catch our show live on Wednesdays at noon Eastern time, or if you'd like to listen to a previous episode, the show is available as a podcast on blogtalkradio.com and on iTunes, where it'll automatically upload to your phone. If you subscribe, you'll be notified when we post our most recent episodes. We will be back on the air uh, next Wednesday, February the 15th. Um, we're working on, uh, on that show as we speak and uh, have further information out later on this week. Once again, I thank all of you for listening. I've been your host, Matthew Hack. On behalf of my colleagues and staff at DEMA, thank you for allowing us to continue to serve those that serve others. Thank you.